listening to Down by the Bank, a Jacksonville Jaguars podcast with Corey, Derek, and JK3. All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, affiliated with the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This is Corey. Hey guys, what's up? It's Derek. Hey, what's up guys? It's JK3. All right, I'm going to need you guys to catch me up on the game. I was out of town, uh, I hate to say it, and missed the uh, the game against the Cardinals. I know what the score is. I watched the clips. I've seen the condensed thing on YouTube, but I do think it helps to kind of hear from you guys, especially because I was watching the group text refreshing constantly. I, I keep up with when the uh, exciting plays happened, uh, one of which very exciting that we'll get into. Uh, but Derek, what in the world happened <laughs> in the third quarter that made well, everything we, change? We can't just we can't just gloss over you missing the game like a true Jags fan. Yeah, I know it's horrible. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, no, and you he, have season he, he, tickets too. <laughs> Which, oh, by the way, my uh, my swag package came in the mail while I was out of town too. So uh, great timing <laughs> there uh, by the team. Gotta love my plastic uh, Jags bag, sunglasses, and uh, I think the only thing they were missing was a koozie in that uh, in that really premium premium deal there. But I I was happy about the the three dollars off seventy five dollar purchase at Bono's coupons. So that's good. Um, but yeah, no, I did miss it, but, uh, you know, visiting with family and stuff like that. So it was, uh, disappointing, but, um, you guys did a good job of keeping me up to date in the group text and I don't want to, let's back up. I don't want to completely skip over the first half because there's a lot of good stuff in the first half. So maybe let's talk a little bit about the highlights and, and sort of what gave us a little bit of hope in the beginning. What gave us a little bit of hope in the beginning was the fact that it seems like they were having a game plan of running the ball keeping the defense off the field. Trevor made some nice throws, um, some very nice throws. Don't, just because he's throwing interceptions, don't get, you know, oh, he, is he really going to be? No, don't buy into that, none of that junk. Um, they just look better. Now, do we want to hear the whole, hey, they're getting better? No, but that's what's, you know, happening. On defense, hats off to him. Hats yeah. off to him. Yeah, they because, played. They played a great game defensively. Yeah, because DeAndre Hopkins usually annihilates cornerbacks on a regular basis, and he didn't do that. Their speedy receivers that they have didn't really get going. I, I feel comfortable in saying this: Arizona didn't beat us. The Jags, we beat ourselves. Hmm. Arizona did not beat us because we had them. <clears throat> we had them right where we wanted them. Um, we just got cute, but and I'll shut up from there. That's just but I don't, I don't I think it was cute, I think it was dumb, <laughs> cute, dumb, <laughs> idiotic. Like, yeah, just for whatever reason. Uh, I'll shut up now. You, you go, JK. I, I'll, I'll tell you, keep talking some of, keep some of the things that really just kept me, I mean, kept me really. So, if we can break it down, I, I don't want to break it down quarter by quarter because I'm pretty sure everybody's kind of heard it all and regurgitated, you know, back and forth now. But I would say that the thing that they they did very well and the key things that they are doing, um, they're improving week by week. I will say that it still sucks because we haven't gotten a win yet. But as far as the offensive penalties, uh, the offensive line penalties, those things. Um, you know, they're starting to clean up a lot of the things. They're starting to clean up a lot of the, um, you know, the penalties, a lot of the, I would say, errors that were happening with the receivers not really being in the right place. That's all being cleaned up. If this game was week one, I would feel very optimistic about this team. If this game was week one, 
but we're in week three, right? Or yeah, week three now um, when this, when this actually happened. And I think the, the most disappointing part about it is that it's taken so long for them to produce, uh, you know, on the field, as, as long as it has been, as long as this team has been a nucleus and been gelling together, I think the no brainer things, as far as James Robinson getting the ball as much as he did on Sunday, like that's a no brainer. The guy gets the ball and he, he he's averaging like four and a half yards a carry fourth in the league and rushing right now. So that guy should still be having the ball. Um, I think them involving Trevor and his legs should be a no brainer, you know, them moving the pocket, them being able to get him open to some space where he can either run the ball or throw it is, 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 you know, some of the key things they need to make defense getting off the field on third down was amazing. I mean, they got off the field on third down. We had a turnover with Wingard, even though, you know, he's, we, we still got a turnover, you know, first turnover of the year for him as well. But the things that, that they, they, they got to clean up. I mean, Trevor is going to, he, he's throwing, he's throwing the ball and putting it in some very questionable situations. And I'm not even talking about the Hollister drop. I'm, I'm talking about, there was a couple plays where he should have thrown that he threw and that should have been picks. And those have got to get cleaned up. I mean, we'll get to the whirly bird <laughs> later, but you know, those things have got to get cleaned up in order for them to continue to, um, you know, become more progressive and eventually get a win. They're going to have to learn how to get a W. Um, they're going to have to learn how to go forward and do that. But overall, you know, it still sucks that they lost, but, you know, that's what we're dealing with, right? Right. Let's talk about the uh, the two touchdowns in the first half, uh, both of which, again, I was just super <laughs> bummed that I was having to see highlights on Twitter after the fact. One being the touchdown throw to Chark, uh, which looked like an amazing throw. And then, of course, uh, I guess you could say arguably one of the most exciting plays in Jaguars history. Um, heck, maybe will end up being one of the most exciting plays of the entire season in the NFL. Maybe I don't know, but the uh, the return by Agnew on that missed field goal. Um, yeah, the Agnew, I, I, the Agnew now has uh, he's on people's radar now because he's had he had a kickoff taken back um, last game, and then he also took another uh, this kick six back too. The play that okay, so Trevor threw the the play to Chark, which was which was great. Um, but I believe either one or two drives before the, the same drive with the Hollister uh, caught the inter- or where he bobbled it and it was an interception. He had Marvin Jones wide open uh, in the back right of the of the end zone. And those things like that, him fitting the ball within double coverage, like it's it, it's it's so frustrating because I feel like we want him to take the check down route when he takes check down route. The person who he probably would have thrown the ball to is like wide open. We're like, no, just make that throw. Don't take the check down route now. But, you know, there was the pocket was collapsing. He slides up in the pocket. He's got Marvin Jones right there. But the DJ chart throw was was insane. Like, I, I mean, honestly, once he figures out how to read the defenses and once he catches up to the game and we don't know when that's going to happen, he's going to make the throws like that throw to chart was insane. Yeah, his the 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 zone coverages are are very hard to figure out, especially when you have DBs uh, that will and sit on things like they act like they don't know where they're going, 
and then they watch the quarterback's eyes. And then as soon as the quarterback looks like he's about to make a decision, they decide to break on the ball. That's very tough to defend. That's very tough to really get used to as an NFL quarterback. Um, Arizona is going to have uh, one of the better defenses as far as the, the DBs flying to the ball. Oh, if you notice that, that's that that's essentially what they're 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 back seven linebackers and corners and safeties uh, were flying to the ball on, on every chance they got. There were routes that you know he sees that they're open. What's funny is if you look early in the route pattern, he sees that they're open. He just kind of hesitates a second, and that hesitation is a rookie thing. And anybody else <laughs> wouldn't be able to get the ball there, but NFL rookies, man, they, you know, they, oh, he's open. Well, let me, uh, no, you know, you got to get rid of it. Yeah, you got to get rid of it quick, and that's just gonna, that's just something he's gonna learn over time. So, you you look at some of the throws he is making, and they're great. You look at some of the decisions he isn't making, not so great. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the, his mechanics or anything. No, just He's got to trust his eyes, and he's got to. He, he's also he's got to trust his eyes, but not put too much trust in them. Yeah, and what I mean by that is trust his eyes what he's seeing, but don't stare down receivers. Yeah. So when 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 he figures that part out, which that's that cerebral part, that the hardest part, man, look out. I feel like I feel like Marvin and him are on like a different level. Like I feel like Marvin and 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 um, Trevor are just like automatic. I feel like DJ and Trevor are still working out some kinks and working out some things <clears throat> and trying to figure out where they are. I think him and LaVishka, LaVishka, you know, gets a lot of just a lot of those underneath routes. So, you know, he he's there also. But I think the thing that's really just the more that they hand off the ball and the more that they create, you know, you know, that 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 rush, like attack, that rush threat, I think that's where the team is really going to be. Um, you know, really continue to thrive because I mean they had 159, you know, net rushing yards versus Arizona's 91, um, and they almost had just equally the same amount of attempts. I think Arizona had 30, um, you know, the Jags had 29. So the rushing and and the ground attack is there. You know, that's one of the things that we're that we've been talking about for years, saying they need to establish that um, and, and continue to to establish that run. Um, but I think once you know, Hyde gets rolling like he did, even though, you know, Carlos Hyde is it's what it is at this point, he's going to be playing. But the more you continue to feed James Robinson the ball, he doesn't take negative runs. I mean, he got, I think the only one of the only negative plays he had Chandler Jones blew up, um, you know, the, the left side of the ball um, and made a, and made a play, which is going to happen when you got guys like Chan Jones and JJ Watt, they're going to make plays. Uh, you know, those are two, you know, world-class defensive linemen. Um, but you know the, the 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 fact that they're continuing to give James Robinson the ball now is is, is going to really continue to open up some things and, and, and set up some things for them. I can see how they're missing ETN right now. Um, you know, in some of their play calls and some of the things there that you could probably see where ETN would have been a benefit there. But overall, you know, the offense, uh, you know, it, it has been picking up. I feel like it's still a little vanilla. I don't know about you, Derek, but I still feel like it's very, very meh. I feel like it's very. I don't. I don't think there's anything interesting that's that's coming about it. I haven't seen anything that's wowing me yet. Um, there's some potential there, but I mean, 
the I don't know if Bevel's just being very conservative still because you got to think we're still four games into the season, but it's still very vanilla to me. It is, and I, I think part of that is protection too, and and protection schemes because you know now if the if the offensive line was supposed to be one of your strengths in camp, it definitely hasn't been our strength in the season. Yeah, it's not as bad as it was two weeks ago, but it's still not great. Well, so, I mean, the, the strength in the and with the offensive line in uh, in the camp is because we, I mean, we we determined that they're going against a bunch of average guys. Yeah, and yeah. They're, they're, the only playmaker on this team on defense on that line is Josh Allen. Josh Allen, yeah. <laughs> so that that's when when you have those limitations, you have to hide certain things. It's almost like they're they're running the offense to hide instead of. You know, run the offense to hide your weaknesses instead of being explosive for what you have. Yeah, you, they need to be more explosive. And so Marvin Jones, for people that, you know, why is Marvin Jones but not DJ Sharp? Marvin Jones has been in the league, what, 10 years now? I think this is 10th year, ninth year? Yeah, yeah. He knows how to run routes. Running routes in, in the NFL isn't just, hey, just go run a seven-yard out. or uh, No, they run that thing to the inch, to the inch. Whether if it's, you know, you're coming in and you're going on a smash, your comeback route, you're going on an arrow, square out five yard, they run it to the inch. And those are just those small, minute things that they have to get used to in those those little details. That's why Marvin Jones is succeeding. Not to say that LaVisca and DJ Shark aren't trying to do those things, but when you've been as productive as Marvin Jones has for as long as he has, that's second nature, running those types of routes. So to Trevor Lawrence, it's like, okay, is he going to be there? No, he's going to be there, and I need to know. I got the matchup I want. Throw the ball now. I think that's why you see a little bit more success with him. So, But you're right, JK3. It is vanilla, and I think it's because they're trying to hide weaknesses, uh, yeah. whether if it's you know, the offensive line, whether if it's they don't have a change of pace back. Now, the reason why I got so mad about the flea flicker is because, the, and this is what you missed, Corey, the series before, we took it to them. Yeah. I mean, took it to them. They ran the ball seven straight times, Corey, and hmm. they couldn't stop it. Chandler Jones, there, there were a couple times Cam Robinson ate his lunch, threw him to the ground. J.J. Watt was getting pushed out of the way. I was like, what happened? What got into this O-line? And they went right down the field on some old, like, Jerome Bettis, Pittsburgh Steeler type stuff, and just <laughs> really just mashed them. No, for so, real. Like it was like wow. Was the flea and flicker all my life? Was the flea and, flicker sort of the the beginning of the downfall of the second half? Was that what kind of caused the momentum shift? That that's exactly bro. That's exactly what happened. Um, and and before we get onto that, they they the the offensive line, Derek, like 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 what you were talking about. They they, I mean the team. Four for 40 as far as penalties goes. Four penalties for 40 yards. That's pretty good for this team. Mm-hmm. I mean, considering where they were in week one. The flea flicker was the absolute momentum killer. You could feel the stadium. You could feel the momentum is something that you just – you. it's like wind. You can't see it, but you can feel it. And you know that when the momentum shifts, you can feel it. You know what's going to happen. And that's exactly what happened because Arizona came out of half. Um, I think we came out. So we scored the kick six before halftime, which was insane. 
by the way, like mm-hmm. probably one of the craziest things that I've ever seen, um, you know, in, in a state, in that stadium by far, one of the coolest, I think the only other thing that I seen like live there was the uh, David Garrard Hail Mary to Mike Thomas. And when it was batted, like that was, that was insane. Um, of course it's up there with Jalen Ramsey getting the, uh, the pick against the bills. That was insane also. Um, but this right here, man, was just one of, oh, and you could talk about like the Fred Taylor plays and like all that stuff against the Dolphins. But this one was just in modern, like, you know, era now, like with what we're, we're dealing with right now in the last like probably four or five years, probably one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Like, and the stadium was just absolutely nuts. And so it was a buzz, you know, from, from the stadium. And then the, you know, they, Arizona came down, they came outside or after the, um, after the kick six, um, it threw the pick. Did so, we have the ball? Yeah. So here, here's, the here's how it yeah. went. Yeah. So that you had to kick six. Arizona came out halftime with the ball. They threw a pick. Then we yeah they punted. threw the pick to Wingard. Yeah. Then we punted. Arizona kicks the field goal, and then we go on the the drive where we just basically run it down their throats. Arizona responds with a score. So obviously, you know they they've thrown a pick. So now they've kicked a field goal and then they've scored a touchdown. So they've put up 10 points in, you know, in, in the third, in the third quarter. So they're starting to get going. So we need to respond. Right. And we and, decide to run that stupid play. Well, before we even get to the whirly bird again, I'm, I'm still trying to keep the listeners kind of engaged the when Okay. So when Kyler, when, when uh, Kyler threw the pick to Wingard, I want to talk about that because to me, that has been one of the defenses, um, I would say, their weaknesses as far as 50-50 balls. Um, the, the quarterback just throwing it up and just someone just being there and being able to make the play. thought Wingard made an absolute you know, great play there to really read the ball, track it. Um, let's talk about DeAndre Hopkins, um, you know, only getting, what, three, three catches? Three, mm-hmm. three catches. Tyson Campbell. Um, as much as I think he, there's a lot of room for improvement. He was on AJ green for the entire day, very tall task. Um, you know, there was a play where AJ again, kind of bodied him in like a basketball, you know, uh, kind of, kind of feel and boxed him out and made another 50, 50 ball, but Wingard making that play on the 50, 50 ball, you know, those things really need to start happening. Um, and I think the more that the defense can continue to win those 50-50 balls and win their one-on-ones, those, those picks and those things are going to come. Um, but, yeah, that was a huge momentum swing. Like, that that was just insane. And in that position right there, Trevor's got to learn to throw the ball away. You, and, and to even go back from that, you don't run a flea flicker when you got the lead in the third quarter. <laughs> What do you That's, think the, well, what, what do you, I mean, <laughs> I don't get it either, but the, what, why call that? Do you think, was it just trying to, was it trying to show yeah, the opposite strike. of what you they, said? Quick about strike. The land? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Quick, quick strike. They, they were trying mm-hmm. to catch him off guard because they had just a series before they had run it down their throat. Um, the reason why I have a problem with that is because in, in any form of sports, I don't care if it's peewee professional college, like if it's the, uh, you know, 40-year-old beer guzzlers playing in the park. If you have something and you're doing something that the other team can't stop, don't stop doing it. It wasn't just like he snuck through and went on a long run and then we got a bunch of two-yard runs. 
they really started gashing them and they couldn't figure it out. Arizona couldn't figure it out. And then as soon as they'd go with Robinson two or three times, they change it to hide and then they go back and you saw they had hands on their hips. They were like, what in the world? Where did this come from? And then all of a sudden they decided to get cute and you see what happened. You can't do that. If, if you got something that's going, just keep doing it till they decide to stop it. Jags average five and a half yards per rush. Huh. Five and a half yards per rush usually means you're going to win the game. Two, two, you, you pretty much you run in ball two times, you're getting a first down. <laughs> yeah. Usually, usually if you have those type of rushing numbers, you usually win the game. That's why I think that's why my opinion with this game is Arizona didn't beat us. We beat ourselves. Because we had them. They've lit up everybody they've played. Like 400, 500 yards of offense. Yeah, they had some of that, but it wasn't a lot of that was just some last minute stuff in the fourth quarter when the game was out of hand after the, the, the fumble. So let me ask you this question, Derek. All right. So you have a you've got pretty much the best that you've seen the team do for the third quarter, you know, through three quarters. You know, you've seen them. We've got, you know, Trevor, you know, making some passes. He did have some interceptions. Robinson looks like he's running on track. The kick six, you know, we've got all the momentum. Um, so what do they do to close out games from now? I mean, because you think about it, like you, 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 Kyler Murray didn't have a touchdown. He didn't throw for a touchdown. He ran for a couple, but I mean, you know, he's going to do that. What do uh, the defense got off the ball, got off the field on third down? I think they held Arizona to like one for a uh, one for nine. Um, one for nine on third down. Let me just double check really quick. Yeah, they they uh yeah, one for nine for third down. We got an interception, we had a turnover. Like, I mean, what do they do to to move forward? Like, how do you close out a game from that? Boring football, old school. You run it until they're done. And you just keep running it. I know we got Joe, Marvin Jones, and DJ Shark and, and Trevor Lawrence and all that. But you don't stop running the ball until they decide to stop it. I thought that's where we were. I, I, I was sitting there, I was sitting there, and I'm like, if they keep freaking uh running the ball, we're we're gonna do this. Because what the, what's that gonna do is it's gonna wear the defense out. They're gonna get tired. What's what happens to us all the time? We were about to do what happens to us, the recipe. Wear the defense out. Keep your defense fresh. Keep Josh Allen fresh. Okay. And really take it to him. And one play, and that's all it takes. It only takes one play to screw it all up. And that's what happened. Yeah, Shark was wide open. Yeah, Lawrence threw off his back foot. Yeah, the funky blocking scheme or whatever you want to call it. Whirly bird. Whirly bird, early bird, <laughs> bird is the word, bird, 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 whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it's still, you don't do that. You should have just said, look, Robinson, you're going to get three. Hyde's going to get three. Robinson, we're going to come back to you. And if, if we haven't gotten the ends on yet, Hyde, we're coming back to you. And let's get after it. Lower that shoulder and punish. When they tackle you, make sure you punish them. 
I'm sorry. I just don't see any other way with us winning games, especially if you like, you know, when that, we, we have a team right now until Trevor Lawrence and the receivers get on the same par. And I mean, really on the same par. Our team should be a grit squad where come late third, fourth quarter, we start mashing, chewing that clock up and just really getting after it in the run game. Then if you're up 10, and you know you need to pass play, you need to throw a wrinkle in, then go ahead and and do that. Because at least if you throw it, a pick, you're still up when you get the ball instead of still down or or instead of down when if you do it when you're only up two instead of like 10. That's just just me. That's what I think. Makes sense. Well, um, any final thoughts on that game before we move on to the other big news couple days after the game, or I guess, what was it, a day after the game? Yeah, yeah, I want to um, – I was attending a, a, a birthday party this weekend, and there was an individual there that uh, I've, I've known for some years now, and, um, you know, he just has all access, you know, at, at, at the game. So we're going to call you all access uh, uh, Grant. So I'll say, I'll say the name Grant. That's all I'm saying. So we're going to call him all access, and I'm just going to leave it at that. But uh, hats off to him. Uh, he's probably he's probably the one of the biggest Jag fans I've ever met. They they, they got a running joke that he was. Does he have his own his, podcast? He doesn't have his own <laughs> podcast, but apparently he was. I was told by another good friend of mine, which he'll remain nameless, that he would give up his four hundred one k for some Jags box seats. So that's just. I, I mean, I wouldn't do that. Wait, but, I got a uh, question about this 401k. <laughs> so, like, box seats where and how long has he been putting into his 401k? No, I don't. I don't know. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. I just that's just that was just a running joke there. So, I mean, if he decided yeah. to give that, you could just buy them, right? Instead of doing that, if he was a if he was a real fan, he'd give up an organ. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I doubt he. I doubt he's giving up his 401k. <laughs> <laughs> you give up his life for the Jaguars. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But um, no, um, we're going to all access Grant. Uh, shout out to him. He's a, he's a, he's a heck of a fan and a true Jags fan. And he's extremely loyal and uh, loves the pod. And hey, man, on to the next one on, on the Cincinnati Thursday hopefully, night. Well, hopefully he uh, has left us. He subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify, and has also left us a review. Um, if you haven't, do that and if you're listening please do that because we always ask at the end and i feel like people by that point are already tuning out or checking out so i'm going to ask now we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, uh, Derek, tell me about this trade uh, for CJ Henderson, uh, who is our ninth overall pick, I guess, last year for. The tight end known as Dan Arnold, who apparently is the somebody on Twitter had mentioned was the name of the father in the Wonder Years, my favorite television show. Of Wait, all time. before we get into it, have you been watching? <laughs> so, did you watch the reboot? Uh, has it come out yet? Yeah, so the yeah, reboot started on Wednesday, and oh, no, uh, it was pretty good. It was pretty okay. good. All right, it, I'll it, check that out. Good. I, I do, I do, um, it, but it, and it's also directed by Fred Savage. Why? Uh, oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. That's pretty yeah, cool. He's involved in a project. Yep. Yeah, um, it's really why, good. Why do you sound more excited about the Wonder Years reboot than Dan Arnold? <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. I don't know anything about this guy. I mean, I Googled them. I think a lot of fans. I mean, I know you guys are pretty hardcore and know all the nitty gritty of every roster, but I had to. Do we didn't Googling. know who he was. Oh, you. Oh, OK. All right. So I'm not going to sit here like any, anybody that sits there and says that. Oh, yeah. Dan Arnold would be a great pick. What what are you talking about? No, this is this is the curse of Jalen Ramsey. This is what this Man, is. This is the I, curse of Jalen Ramsey. I knew who he was. Okay, he went to the University of Wisconsin, uh, Platteville or Plateville, excuse me if I pronounced it correctly. I knew that, and I knew he'd been in the league five years too. I just looked that stuff up. I didn't. Have I thought he was a guy that played. I thought he was. Uh, <laughs> I thought he played an extra, and I thought he was a, one of the Blues brothers. <laughs> uh, that's, no. that's Dan Aykroyd <laughs> <laughs> but Derek like what I mean I get we need a tight end I guess at this point but would you have given up on Henderson already I know he's been sort of a uh, I don't know if I'd use I don't want to say that word but he's been he's not been around all that much and he's had his difficulties with the organization but um, if you want to call it that but already I mean it seems pretty soon right I mean don't you let that play out a little bit there's so many directions you could go here. Okay. So many directions. One, obviously we knew there was some friction between him and herbs. Okay. So you could blame it on herbs. Can't get along with his players. Then he trades a first round pick for a third round, uh, a third round pick and a tight end. You can't blame that on urban. No, I'm not (laughs) saying you can't. I'm just saying so many directions you could go. I'm not, I wouldn't go that direction. That's such a that's such a broad statement that you don't want to commit to. (laughs) No, because no, I'm I'm gonna get to my commitment here in a second. What I think it is, okay. Okay. So there there, there's there's one, Um, two. You you obviously had a a a need at tight end, and you know they they've been shopping C.J. Henderson before the season, and they just got desperate for whatever reason why he wasn't playing. You know, the defense played well on, on Sunday and he didn't play. So, you know, that 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 could be there's some, something there. Uh, we could always use the usual, which that's what I'm going to do and blame the former regime for crappy drafts. And would C.J. Henderson have gone that high if it were someone who knew what they were doing? Probably not. So that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of different directions you could go. The direction I'm going to go is. Although C.J. Henderson will forever be a ninth pick in a first round of an NFL draft, he's not a ninth pick uh, first round NFL draft like that. I I wouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? I wouldn't have picked him that high. 
Think about that. Okay, we're going to go to the player that we love to hate saying you mentioned around here, Jalen Ramsey. What was he picked? Four, five, right? Was he five? Yeah, he was five when he came out. C.J. Henderson was four picks behind him in the same round. Are they the same caliber of player? Absolutely not. No way, no chance in H.E. double hockey sticks. So <laughs> that, that close? No. So end of the day, was C.J. Henderson really a first-rounder? No. I mean, he can't help. He can't help where he was drafted. Same thing with Caleb. Same thing with Caleb Von Chason. He can't help where he was drafted. Same thing with Taven Bryant. Can't help where he was drafted. But but that's just that's just the same, you know, just because they were drafted so high. Oh, we gave up a first round. It's all this this numbers thing, you know, because he was drafted in the first round. Besides the cap, that's it. I don't think Herb's really paying attention to, oh, he was drafted in the first round. We lost the pick. He wasn't my pick. Yeah, there's the cap situation that they'll have to deal with, with with trading them. Oh, well, I need guys on the field that can play and that want to be here. I guarantee that's how Herbs is looking at it. He, he could care less about what position they were drafted at. It's the same stuff they talked about in college. Oh, he was a five-star. Well, why is a three-star starting over him if he was a five-star? Same stuff they talked about in college. Rounds are just rounds. If they can play, they can play. If they can't, they can't. And obviously, C.J. Henderson can play, but something's not right with him. Whether if it's in his head, personal life, whatever it is, something's not right with him. So JK3 and the uh, reading that you've done on Dan Arnold, um, since Derek is a uh, Dan Arnold connoisseur uh, and knew where he went to middle school, uh, what uh, what have you seen, uh, you know, on him? Is he obviously he's not a star player because practically nobody had heard of him, but. Uh, what does he bring to the table? Is he a receiving guy, a blocking guy? Is he somebody that's going to kind of you know make some plays here right away, or is this more of like a um, leadership type addition? I think that I think he's definitely going to be thrown into the mix pretty quick. Like, I mean, from from what I've been seeing and what I've been reading is that he's already been practicing, already you know learning a couple of things, and we should see him on the field on uh, Thursday night against the Bengals. Uh, definitely, you know, from his build and from some of the, the film that I've watched, uh, you know, against the Panthers or, or when he played on the Panthers, excuse me, um, he is a receiving tight end. The thing that I don't understand is that, you know, you you bring in the tight end and we've needed a tight end since Mer- Mercedes Lewis left. Like we've needed a tight end um, and they've done everything and exhausted all of the options. And the rumor that I heard was that, you know, we we tried to go after this guy in free agency and had the money to sign him at the time, but it didn't happen. And I don't understand how that didn't happen either. But, you know, the 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 position that he's going to be, you know, he's going to be a receiving threat. Um, you know, I wish Josh Oliver would have stayed healthy. But again, that goes into the previous regime. I, I wish he would have stayed healthy, um, you know, to see what his uh, his potential was. But I mean, it's it's a tight end. They we need one. Um, I think they seriously do their due diligence in getting a bona fide receiving threat as a tight end. You brought in Jacob Hollister, uh, who kind of raised a little bit of eyebrows since he had a tremendous career at Seattle. You know, um, you've you've brought in Tebow, you you brought in Manhurts, you brought in all these different things to try to. I mean, Trey Burton was rumored to to um have have tried out for the Jags as well. So if tight end is such a is, is such a big deal for you and it's such a thing that we need, why did why weren't we more aggressive in free agency? Uh, apparently we had the most free agent or we had the most cap room 
and all the teams and blah, blah, blah. And we let New England sign two of the top two tight ends in free agency. New England signed both of them. How do you sign? How do they sign both of the two top tight ends in free agency? And we have the most money. Stroke a check. Who cares? Get the talent in here. Get the security blanket in. I mean, you know, you need it. You need a tight end. You need to have someone who is a good tight end. Manhurts has been, you know, I haven't heard anything from him since the 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 first the first touchdown that he caught. Um, you know, and but we thought he was going to come in and be a blocking tight end anyway. So, I mean, the Dan Arnold thing it kind of puzzles me a little bit. It's not earth shattering, but I mean, I would have traded. Oh, why not get on the phone and call Tampa? Why not get on the phone and say, "Hey, Tampa, we'll give you C.J. Henderson for O.J. Howard." Tom Brady ain't gonna let that happen. Tom Brady's not even using O.J. Howard. He's got Gronk. Don't matter. He's got Don't Gronk. Matter. He's not using him. He's got Tom Brady. Gronk. He's got Mike Evans. He's got A.B. He's got Godwin. He's got Fournette. He's got. He's got everybody. He doesn't need another one. Look, Tampa's got like three tight ends too on their roster. They got Cameron Brate. They got O.J. Howard and Gronk. And and they also need help in the secondary. Yeah, and I guarantee you they wouldn't Brady wouldn't let that happen. They're about to sign Richard Sermon. So um now I know he's old, but I, I just I just don't think, although yeah, yeah, like you said, you can't help where he's drafted it, but I don't think he was first round pick nine okay. material. All right. So look at this. So so in in his and I know that you know this has been a thing in the past. Um, for, for, for Jags fans. And, you know, you really can't, you know, predict the draft or anything else like that. But I mean, at this point right now, where, when CJ, when he was, when he was drafted, you, we could have had CD lamb, Jerry, Judy, Justin Jefferson, Henry Ruggs. Receiver talent, top tier receiving talent. That's still contributing to their teams right now. I mean, you have to go with the proven guys. You got to go with the guys that 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 were going to make this. All. Imagine having, you know, Trevor, Chark, Vishka, and Justin Jefferson, or any of those three of any of this combination. But instead, you know, he joins the laundry list of just draft picks that have left and that have come and gone, and that you know just will be just literally another. Draft pick that's gone. I mean, 2011, Blaine. 2012, Blackman. 13, Jokel. 14, Blake. Wait, no disrespect to the boat. You, y'all know I love the boat, so we'll we'll put an asterisk beside him because he did take him to he did take him to the uh, to to the uh, AFC Championship. Dante Fowler, gone. Jalen Ramsey, gone. Fournette, gone. Josh Allen is still on the team. C.J. Henderson, gone, and Trevor Lawrence. You have two players left that were first-round picks that are left on this team. And a majority of them, besides Blackman, Jokel, Blake, all in the NFL still. Like, it's ridiculous, man. Like these are these are these are the team these are like your first round picks are supposed to be your cornerstones. Like these are supposed to be the players that come in and contribute and you should not be trading your first round pick for a third round and a and a tight end that was buried on a roster. 
Yeah, I, I just looked at that list too. 2020 first round. It's even the second round. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. <laughs> it's insane. You, you, you're gonna you, you're gonna get mad. Don't look it up. Especially when you see the uh, the the pick that we got from the Rams for Ramsey. And I'm telling you, dude, it's the curse of Jalen because we thought we were getting all these other picks and being able to replace a true, quote unquote, generational talent. This guy leaves Jacksonville and goes out to L.A. and is continuing to thrive like previous regime. I don't care what I'm doing. I'm taking him. I'm asking him, what do you need for me? Who needs to go? Is it Tom Coughlin? Is it Caldwell? Who needs to go in order for you to stay here and continue to build what we have? Because that's what's going to make this thing happen. If you have somebody, if you have these players that are continuing to excel and continuing to thrive in their positions and are top 10, you know, top five in their positions and continuing to contribute, you figure out what's going to happen and what's going to keep them. That's how you build your team. You build your team about having dogs and about having players, not having some guy that literally doesn't want to be here. He was here for 18 months. What did Jacksonville do to him in 18 months? They didn't want to be here. Literally. Yeah. 18 months, bro. You're from 40 miles down the road. You're from Gainesville. You played your college ball there. So it's it's not a change of scenery. Mm. Like Jacksonville has way more to offer than Gainesville does. Like, what's the issue? Why don't you want to be here? Figure it out. Off the field problems. Like, I mean, figure it out. But then again, though, it's still the previous regime. And then there's and to to add like a little cherry on top, a a cog from the previous regime is now the general manager. So Balky is still here and the idiocracy continues to happen. Hmm. Yeah. You you got to yeah. clean you got bro, you got to clean house, man. You got to get rid like when you do these things and this is why the team continues to stay in little overhaul and rebuilding modes is because they keep keeping pieces of the previous regime within the turnover. Marone was the offensive line coach. He got promoted to head coach. Like you keep keeping pieces of things that are the issues. And when you clean house, you got to clean from top to bottom. We need to interview everybody. I need the popcorn guy. I need the, the beer salesman. I need to talk to everybody. I need to get rid of the losing culture and get rid of the idiocracy completely in order for this team to move forward. Yeah. I think we talked about uh, possibly moving in the jumbo shrimp management on on the uh, concession side, on the game experience side. Maybe we can do that on the management side too. Maybe that makes sense. I don't know. Makes no shout sense, out, dude. Shout out to the jumbo shrimp. Um, really quick uh, error correction on my part. Uh, the father in Wonder Years was named Jack Arnold, played by Dan Loria. So I think that's where the uh, technically I was quoting a tweet from somebody, but anyway, yeah, um, Twitter, so. Twitter is hundred percent right all the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Twitter is right, exactly. and if it if it's happened on Twitter, then you know it's going to happen in real life. So you know exactly, it sounded right for some reason. So I don't know why I went with that, but anyway, Jack Arnold. Uh, sorry to put disrespect on your name, Dan Loria. Anyway, um, so now we're heading into the Thursday night game, national game, which uh, hopefully uh, we get some uh, we perform decent so that we don't continue to be ridiculed as we have this season by national uh, media and all other fans of other teams. But we'll be in Cincinnati, who are in first place and the AFC North at two and one. So like we've done every week, Derek, I'll start with you. 
you know, give me kind of the rundown of what you're thinking on the game, but then also let me know what the Jags record will be after Thursday night is over. I don't like the whole short week. I really don't. Um, you, you, you have to be, you have to come ready to play. Cincinnati can air it out. They can run the ball. Joe Burrow is a great talent. He, he's gonna, he, he's gonna play well. Um, they have really, really good wide receivers. Okay, they they do a good job. This is a franchise that, you know, I, I man, this is gonna even like sound awkward to even say, but this is a franchise that you should look at as is is like a, a a measuring stick because they were where they were where we are two years ago. Okay, and now. They have come, you know, they're on the up. They're, they're getting, they're, it's starting to work. The plan is working. Uh, they look good. Defense, same thing. Uh, you just have to come ready to play. You know, we don't need to get into, oh, this player, or that player. No, they just need to come ready to play on Thursday night and then enjoy the time off that they'll get when they get back, it, it, hopefully with a W. Do I think we're going to get that W? No, unfortunately, I don't. But, um, that that is something that we really need to do as far as just going out and playing well and executing. You, you got to get after Joe Burrow. You can't let him get you know get going with the uh, what's it got T Higgins and Chase. Um, Joe Mixon is the running back. Joe Mixon is one of those NFL running backs that probably your average friend has never heard of. Okay, maybe some fans. Oh, they know. People, they, they know. But he he he's the truth. Okay, he'll go for a hundred yards when you quick. He'll go for he'll run 400 yards and catch 400 yards. He can do it all. He can do it all. So that is something. He's like a little Swiss Army knife back there. So they really gotta be ready for him. So record? Oh, it's uh, no, I, I want to be wrong, but no, we're not. We're not gonna win. Oh, and four. Yeah, oh, and four. You you always hate to say it. <laughs> hey, you you look, avoid saying it. Look. I, I want to say, and I want to hope that one of my teams wins a game one weekend. Okay, because in college and pro right now, my teams are zero and seven. You don't want to talk about college. Yeah, terrible, <laughs> just terrible. So I hope that one of them gives me a victory. Something. So, JK3, same question to you. Just give me a breakdown of how you're seeing this game play out and what the Jags record is uh, after Thursday night. So, the only thing that's really keeping me, you know, that's really keeping me hope, um, you know, in, into this is Joe Mixon is going to get loose, but the Jaguars has have, have had some really good run defense over the last three games. I think the run defense has been really stout. It's been really good. The front seven have been there, um, you know, I, I'm really excited to see this run defense against, um, you know, a, a really premier, premier back. So I'm really excited about that. What I'm not excited about, I'm not excited about Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Uh, I'm not excited about uh, T. Higgins. Um, so it's going to be a tall test. I, I think from what we did see last week with some of the premier talent in the NFL, you know, it. It, I'm I'm optimistic about it with you know Shaquille, Shaquille Griffin. Um, I'm really optimistic. If if Clay Brooks, man, you know he's got to win some of these 50-50 balls. You know the slants and the things like that. He's like on top of them. He had, he made a great play. You know against AJ Green uh, last week. 
But, you know, he's got to really, you know, hold his own on those 50-50 balls. And I think that if um, if he gets deep or if, uh, depending on where he's covering, if it, if somebody does get deep fast, it, it's going to be a long game. But I think that the Jags, they got to they run the ball. You have got to continue to run the ball. You've got to run the ball, keep the ball on the ground, and slow this down and really minimize the amount of attempts that Trevor Lawrence is going to be able to run or, excuse me, be able to throw. Really just take what the defense is giving you, run the ball, run the ball, try to do what you can and really set up that RPO and that pass, uh, that that play action. Um, I think that they got to go out, um, you know, with some of that renewed energy that they had from the uh, from the previous week or from last week. The, you know, the offense was they were taking some shots. They were running the ball. They they had some, you know, some of the intermediate things like that. I think they still need to keep the same script and some of the same play calls minus the whirly bird uh, from last week. But, you know, some of the receivers hold on the balls and, and, you know, you've got, you know, a different result probably, you know, that first couple of drives uh, before he threw the, uh, the interception to, or excuse me, before the ball bounced off Hollister's hands. They were moving. Hollister makes that catch right there. It's like first and like seven. So they can easily run that ball in from there. So continue the same game plan, continue the same, you know, offensive line, everyone rushing. And then um, I think the last key, you know, in in my opinion, I think is going to really just be able, again, um, defense has got to continue to keep that, to keep everything going. Um, I think these teams are pretty evenly. I think this is a really, this is going to be a good game. I think it, it's not too overpowering to where they've got uh, where Cincinnati has, you know, playmakers that are overpowering the Jags. I mean, we were thinking of, we were thinking this is going to be an absolute massacre coming in with uh, D hop, uh, AJ green, Christian Kirk, you know, uh, James Connor and, you know, and Kyler Murray, we were thinking about that, but um, I think if, as long as they continue to do that and, uh, excuse me, as long as the defense continues to play, stay, get off the field on third down, that run defense, I think will be good. And if Lambeau can please make a field goal. Oh, my God. Hey, we didn't talk about goal. that. Please. I forgot Just about make that. make a field goal. Make an extra point. Bro, how are you booming it off the kickoff? But when it comes to the 30-yard line, you just freeze up. Whatever you need to get in your head, he missed practice today because of a personal issue. I hope he had some sage around his locker room and some stuff like that in order to get himself right for the game on Thursday because they can, he cannot miss kicks. He can't. Like, this got to stop. This is week three, or excuse me, week four. I keep saying week three. Week four. You got to make some kicks, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally. I hate to go out on a tangent. I loved him. And I know that I jinxed him. I'm reversing the jinx, Lambo. You need to make some kicks. We need you. Yeah. Either get it fixed or we're bringing Long Ding back, okay? Oh, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. They did bring in a kicker. They, they yeah, did I bring in that. a kicker. On the practice Good. squad, All right. right? All right, yeah, yeah. He's a UCF you know guy. Part of this is Urban's fault, too, because Urban should have just left his ass, excuse me, should have left him alone in, in, in training camp and just let him just do his thing. Just leave him alone. The kicker is he's good. He's not your worst part, but Urban has to come in here and stand over him while he's kicking and all this stuff. Maybe Lambo wants to get out. Maybe this is a help help call for Lambo for him to get released mm-hmm. and to go somewhere and, and, and become a kicker again. How horrible would that be if a story comes out after the fact that the kicker 
of, of all people, even the kickers trying to get out of the organization. That would be depressing. Um, Free my dogs. Free all my dogs. <laughs> who was, oh, even, the kick, even the kicker. I think it was Jaylen, either Jalen. Jalen. Yeah. That was Jalen. Yeah. yeah. Free mm. free all my dogs. Even the kicker. Yeah, exactly. Like like Pat McAfee says, kickers are people too. So you got to get him out of there. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I forgot to bring up the kicker. So, yes, that is also horrible. <laughs> Just to add to everything else going on. Um so yeah, other than oh wait, uh, I didn't I didn't give a I, I think the Jaguars come out one and four, boom, one and three, one, one and, and three. why do I keep dude? It's like the the extra week is throwing my numbers off. That's okay. Okay, so one, so, one and three. So you're you're yes. predicting a victory. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, that's uh, get out with I'll tell you I'll tell you this. I, I'm still predicting an L, but if Trevor Lawrence throws the ball less than 25 times, you can't go back and forth. It's either an L or a W. <laughs> if Which he one is the ball less than 25 times? Which one? But is I know it? they're no, not you, going to. It's an L. It's it's an L. It's an L. Okay, so you it's say L. L, I say W. Last week but, you went W, I said L. This week it's gonna. Let's see if we can reverse the juju. Let's yeah, see if we can. There you go. Get everything something. Something. I like that. Uh, really quick uh, to end it. Who was uh, I? Only caught kind of a brief glimpse glimpse of it, but the tweet with the down by the bank T-shirt. Oh, that was uh, that was Marty. <laughs> that was okay. Marty Capriati, my okay. guy. Uh, he's nice. a cool. He, he's he's a uh, one of my coworkers' uh, dad. So yeah, he he and his wife they listen to the show. I don't know if they listen to it like together, like in the sixties when you listen to like the news on the radio. Gather around in the living room or whatever. I don't know if they gather around and listen to it together. But uh, Marty came by the tailgate, slammed a couple shots. Um, so yeah, it was a good time, man. So, okay. um, but yeah, that that was Marty. I love that video. That was really funny. Um, he's got the uh, classic gray t-shirt down by the bank logo shirt Bro, and he's a sweat with I, I said marty that was a rookie move man. Like, you know how hot it's gonna get and that sweat's gonna show so much through there but you know he's he's happily married so i'm pretty sure he's not worried about the sweat showing but yeah. um but yeah no if anybody is tailgating or coming to the games um the guy from the islanders uh from the islanders fan club yeah that we talked about what was his yeah. i think his name was jason i think it was jason if it was wrong i'm i apologize um, but he, he, he came by. So yeah, if you guys, if anyone does, you know, come, uh, to the games and you're in tailgaters lot, we're, uh, in row K spot 70. Don't make me regret giving my tailgate spot out. Cause I will move. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you guys are more than welcome to come on by. And, um, I don't know, Corey, we should probably get like some, um, I don't know. Some, some cool stuff to give away. Yeah, I think maybe uh, we'll have to, you know, maybe get a couple shirts or something and make that a thing going forward. And you can, we could even get them uh, conditioned ahead of time when there's already sweat stains on it. Don't start with that, man. Don't start with the shirt thing. They, they will come for sure for the free stuff. Yeah, everyone loves free stuff. I'm not giving away uh, anything free, but shop. I'm talking and, about here, here, and here in the household because I haven't gotten the missus uh, shirt yet. And oh. she goes on this chant about she saw she saw that same video, and I got a text right after. Who does a girl have to sleep with to get a shirt? <laughs> <laughs> She's been saying nice. that now for like two years. So uh, I, I don't. <laughs> well, so well, well, Derek. I mean, this episode is sponsored by uh, 
Viagra. Viagra. <laughs> 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 uh, so take it away, so, Derek. Tell us about that product and yeah, how it's helped you. Um, yeah. So, so the, the t-shirt thing is uh is definitely well, a sore spot in the Smith household. And, and you know what's funny is I'm pretty sure that I did order one and uh, I don't even got know, lost in the mail. No, it didn't get lost in the mail. It's some. I, I, my brother may have taken it. I don't know. He <laughs> takes a lot of my stuff. So, um, but yeah, I will have to get another one. Well, the, we did have um, you. Will you put the link in the uh, in? Well, it's on Twitter, right? The link to yes. the merch store is on Twitter. Yes. What I was going to say is that somebody, a couple people, actually replied and asked where they could get one, which was pretty cool. Um, so if you go on the Twitter account and you click the link on our profile, what's the it, Twitter it, account? Um, at down by the bank. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's D O W N B Y T H E B A N K. And if you go on there, there's a link to our little link tree that has links to, um, you know, the different podcast providers that we're on, but also at the bottom, it says merch. So we have, uh, right now we just use Redbubble, which is sort of, a um, you know, just a website where you can put the logo on whatever you want, really. But that's where you can find the T-shirt. And there's different types. I mean, you can do the classic rest stop quality, uh, thick cotton T-shirt, or you can do the nice thin, uh, nice, um, I don't know what they're called, but the, the better quality shirt and a bunch of different other things, too. So and I don't think it's really that expensive either. So uh, if you're interested in that, just jump on the Twitter account, you can click that link and you can buy a shirt and support the podcast. And uh, it would be awesome if you could tweet a picture of yourself with the shirt on, because uh, I think that would be pretty cool to keep. Anything. They got coffee mugs. They got all kinds of stuff there. So, yeah, get that. Get the merch uh, from the Red Bubble store. And uh, if you come by the tailgate wearing you're down by the bank shirt, I don't know what free. I, I, I was going to say something cool about getting a free shot, but. I'll probably give you one anyway. If you just yeah. came by and said, hey, I listen to the podcast. You get a handshake. How about yeah. <laughs> well, no. Well, now you get it. Well, I mean, this day and age right now, you're not supposed oh, to right. handshake. So yeah, yeah, yeah. fist bump, right. elbow, we'll do the kid in play, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Exactly. You could do what were you guys calling that thing in the uh in the uh the play with the interception? What the lineman, what he was doing, the spinny thing. Oh, the whirly bird. Yeah, that that could be the new thing. That could be the new. That's, that's what it was actually called. That's what the blocking scheme was called. The whirly oh, for bird. real? I didn't make that up. I mean, oh, as, okay. as genius as I am, I wish I could have came up with something as cool as that. But it is the whirly hmm. bird. I gotcha. As genius as you are, the most conceited statement on the uh, podcast that I've heard since we started recording. Um, okay, so uh, if that's it, uh, we will cut it there. And again, pleading uh, with our listeners, uh, obviously, you're probably subscribed if you're listening to this. If you're not, please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. But if you are on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and review. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, so again, we are affiliated with the blue wire podcast network and we'll talk to you guys next time this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand and he knows granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.